<clears throat> Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. I hope everybody is off to a great start to the week. Uh, this is going to be a labor of love of something that I'm really passionate about, something I've put a lot of time, energy, effort, uh, and passion and money into uh, because I believe in it, uh, because I believe it's absolutely necessary. And I believe that uh, if we're ever going to make a move as a race, as a group, as a community, it has to be done systematically. It has to be done through pre uh, preparation, protocols, codes, strategic agendas, simply being upset and talking about it, simply uh, everybody off to their own self doing their own thing isn't going to be the way I am uh, very, very, very devoted to presenting mechanisms and systems that can be adopted by anyone and used to, first of all, embed themselves, uh, advance their families, then their communities, then they can work with doing things on a grander scale uh, like the city and then the nation. But we as a people are going to have to become proactively engaged. One area in specific that we are constantly in last place is socioeconomically, specifically when we look at the racial wealth gap. Uh, that that gap isn't closing, it's widening. And there are a number of different things that are at the uh, core of why that's happening. Some of it is systemic. Some of it is specifically within the caste system and policies and laws and practices that are designed to keep us at bay. And I'm never going to deny that. I've written extensively on it. I'm never going to sit up and say that they aren't working against us, that they aren't leveraging their power and their wealth to keep us where we are. They designed the system. It's a system. It's a caste system designed to benefit them. But here's the thing. There are ways of working proactively to build despite of it. There are ways of working. Now, yes, do we need to be fighting and talking about reparations? Absolutely. Yes, that's not a handout. That's old. That's something that comes from something that you didn't pay us for. That comes from something that has to do with the infringement upon our rights as citizens and as humans in this country and on this planet. And so that's old to us. But here's the thing. You can't get so entrenched in your thinking about what is owed to you that you don't create a path and start building because your ability to actually take a hold of what's owed to you is going to come from your power to act, execute and do certain things. As long as you remain economically powerless, you have no force in this in this arena. This is a capitalist society driven by resources. When you have no resources, you have no power. You can have a complaint, but your complaint has no voice. If you want to know why we're consistently and incessantly at the bottom and why we seem to go uh, on and on and on putting people in office and getting nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing measurable in return, but rhetoric. And we have learned how to accept the rhetoric as at least we got something or uh, we are voting for the least of two evils. When did having any evil be a win? A win? A uh, the idea that all you have is evil to choose from is a problem and you can't do anything about the problem because you don't have any economic force. And so this has been a, a, an issue with me. Uh, I have been researching many of the enigmatic issues that we face in our communities from miseducation to gentrification to generational trauma and on down the line. But I've also put a lot of time in trying to understand what are some of the best ways to overcome this. We've had some great minds talk to us about it, but we haven't listened. We haven't done it. So what I did over 10 years ago, I said, step outside of the box of yelling inside of the box and actually get with minds that are doing it at a high level. So I started chasing down wealth builders, not based on race, but based on performance. And what I was looking for were mechanisms that they were using that couldn't be tied to race. So what are they doing that someone can do and nobody can say, okay, because you're black, you can't do it. 
And so those are the things I was identifying. And what I did is it took me years because these people that I'm talking about aren't people you just call up and say, I want to talk to you. So it was a combination of me developing into who I am now, developing into a person who has a presence, a person who is not just some Joe Blow calling off the street and just being incessant. I mean, some people, it took me years to get them to say yes. And I did the research. It took 10 years. But I I gathered all of this information and I put it in a course called the Path to Generational Wealth course. It's a part of my Legacy Wealth Academy that I created in 2015. And I built this thing. This is an 18-month course, by the way. This course isn't something you go take and in a week you're done and you say, well, I know this, I know that. When I wrote uh, The War on Black Wealth, which is my 25th book, when I wrote The War on Black Wealth, Breaking the Code of Generational Wealth, it was just the precursor to what I was about. I was about to release my labor of love, which has been building this. And when I, I, I knew I wanted to do a course to invite people to take it, to enlighten themselves. Uh, the reason we lose, the reason we lose, not just uh, economically, financially, but the reason we, we, we lose socially, the reason we are losing in the world of academia and education, the reason we're losing um, uh, in, in the world of politics, the reason we're losing uh, in so many different areas is because we don't know how things work. We we don't uh, put enough energy, effort, and time into understanding. We don't want to be taught. We want to be entertained. I said that yesterday. We don't want to be. We don't want to face the real, true, hard responsibilities of taking our own destiny into our own hands. We are real good on escapism, sensationalism. We want to get out and laugh, and there's nothing wrong with being entertained. There's nothing wrong with, but it has to be in direct correspondence to how your life is flowing. If my life needs change, if my life needs elevation, if my life needs empowerment, I can't spend the vast majority of my time playing and partying. I can't sit up. Now, what I'm doing in that is pretending everything is okay. It's a way of sitting up and saying, things aren't bad, I'm having fun. But the problem is, Here's the thing, as I am pretending that everything is okay and knowing that it's not, I am constantly leaving a situation for my progeny, my offspring, my children, their children, their grandchildren. I'm leaving something to them that they're going to inherit and have to try to figure out in a worse position than I was when I got it, because that's where we are now. The wealth gap is widening. It's not getting better. Uh, a study done by the uh, Federal Reserve, a study done by, uh, I want to say Pew Research, both show that uh, the wealth gap between whites and blacks, it, whites on on an average, based on median household wealth, uh, anywhere from 12, I mean, anywhere from 10 to 12 times more than the median household wealth of blacks. So we're talking about uh, whites right now are somewhere around 177 and blacks are anywhere from 14 to 17, depending on what study you look at. 14,000 versus 177,000. And, and you're wondering why we have no power. You're wondering why we have no force. We have no flu. And then we're outspending them on discretional luxury spending. We buy more Jordans than they do. We buy more Mercedes. We actually buy twice as many more Mercedes as they do. And they have 12 times more wealth than we do. And we don't understand it. That's a part of what's in this course. How are we allocating? what we do have. Everybody's talking about, well, I don't make enough. They're not paying me enough. No, they aren't. Most people aren't getting paid what they're worth. That's what this entire world, that's why the workforce is shifting. That's why I created the, uh, the uh, um, webinar for uh, leveraging AI. Why? Because that's going to be a way for you to take control of the value of your skill set the value of your vision, the value of your creativity, because I'm guaranteed it's being molested, it's being raped, it's being ravaged in your workplace. They're paying you a fraction of what you're actually generating for them or actually managing for them. That's how it's always worked out. Now, the more valuable you become and the more risk it is that you're going to leave and go somewhere else, the more they pay you. But they're never paying you anywhere close to what you and, 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 and it's called business. So what do you do? You create a business for yourself. You change the model. But we have got a problem. So I looked at it and I said, okay, what are some of the things that we need in order to really, truly actually start to close the wealth gap? Because we talk about it and we've been talking about it for decades. And guess what? The wealth gap is widening. And so it's easy to point to some of the things. So I'm going to start with 
some of the things I covered in The War on Black Wealth, which, which was my 25th book. I'm going to start with some of the things I covered, but I'm going to end with the things we control. Now, yes, this is going to take a little time. That's the problem. We want everything quick. We are a microwave society. I need it now. Give it to me now. So we are flashing the pan and we don't ever get anything of substance. We have no root, no anchor because we think we can just grab something and run with it if it doesn't come quick. And even when we're hitting, we're not doing it on a foundation that's anchored. So we can't repeat it. We can't sustain it. And we're wondering what's happening. Man, I'm sitting up about two months ago, I may even mention this. I'm about two months ago. I'm literally sitting up and I'm in the gas station trying to pay for some gas. And there's this lady in front of me and she's literally buying $200 of freaking scratch offs. And it's give me 10 on this one and 10. And so it's all these different things. And, you know, they got to go through whatever process they do and making sure that they scan it when they get it and how many and all that. And I'm sitting there and I'm going like, you could uh, take that 200 and you could actually put it in this. And, and they, and they sit up and say, I said, you know, they sit up and says that she comes in every week and buys $200 with the scratch offs. That's 200. That's $800 a month. If she were to put that $800 a month into an interest bearing account, and I don't mean a savings account with two or 3% interest that won't grow as fast as inflation is growing. I'm talking about a passively managed a uh, mutual fund like an index fund, something that has compound interest anywhere from 8.2 to 10% consistently annually like the S&P. Put it in there over time, you are going to sit up. She literally, if she'd have started doing that whenever she, 20 years ago, I'm pretty sure she, she was an older woman. I'm pretty sure she's been doing this a while because you don't normally just pick that kind of stuff up in your 60s. That's something you've been doing for a while. So if she'd have did it 20 years ago in her 40s, she would be a millionaire. The, 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 and the th crazy thing is, if some kind of way she actually hits the lotto right now, within three years, she would be broke. You want to know why? Poverty mentality, lack mentality. The biggest thing about shifting your, uh, shifting your financial reality is shifting your mindset. Getting out of a poverty mentality, getting out of a lack mentality, getting out of a keeping up with the Joneses mentality, getting out of a I've got to show you I've arrived mentality. Look what I'm driving. Look what I'm wearing. Look at where I'm staying and start looking at look what I'm owning. Look what I'm controlling. Look what I'm building. Look what my kids won't have to do because I've done it. And then start talking about building. That's the difference. The, the, the things we refuse to talk about, they talk, talk about at the dinner table. The things that we refuse to grasp, it's instilled in them. Yes, because they have this generational wealth. One of the things I learned when I when I when I was heavy, heavy, heavy in the real estate game, uh, investing, is I would run across uh, situations, and it was so freaking common, it blew my mind because I didn't know. And that's why I actually went out to people who are on the top of the game in this world. Everybody, I talk to are researched are billionaires because I know while I know something, I don't know anywhere close to what I wanted to be able to share in this course. But one thing that I sit up and I found out it is common for these kids when they get out of college and they get married to buy their first house, grandma and grandpa, or dad, mom and dad are seating that house. If they're not seeding the whole freaking house, they're seeding at least $50,000 to $100,000 into the down payment on the house. So they're starting off with equity in the house minimum. Our kids are starting off trying to get on a down payment assistant plan. And I'm not saying that there aren't whites doing it. I'm saying that far more whites are able to do that. Why? Because they built it. And yes, they've done it on a, on a tilted scale. Yes, they built it unfairly. But what are we going to do? We can either sit around and talk all day about how unfair this has been and how they're doing it and actually think at some point they're going to sit up and say, you know what? We got this unfairly. Let me give you some of it back. We're going to have to fight for what we owed. And the only way we can fight for what we owed is we have to build enough power economically to be able to impress upon them our will. So they don't care when we pick it. Why? Because a picket or a riot or a protest isn't anything but what? 
a collective temper tantrum until you can apply a consequence behind it. And until you sit up and say, man, we'll this, this protest is to let you know we're about to set it off. And I don't mean violently, I mean economically. Now, when you can sit up and you can apply economic consequence to undesirable actions, watch how they move. But when you can't do it, when you don't have the collective power and you don't have the collective will, they sit up and say, just let them, let them, let them tear it up. And then what happens? Eventually, the anger subsides because anger is an emotion. Emotions aren't enduring. It can't last forever. You come down and do what? Back to status quo. Nothing's changed. And we wonder why we keep going in the cycle because we haven't developed a proclivity to build. So when I created this, this is what I did. So one of the things is financial inclusion and asset access to credit. One of the things is what you're going to find out is these are all things that we don't control, by the way. But we can actually apply pressure and we can start insisting upon it. What we can do is within the black community, especially black churches, start building credit unions. Building credit unions, working within ourselves, circulating our own dollars that come into the church anyway to build resources for what? Residential re revision and revisement uh, and revitalization, business development. Uh, academic and educational institutional development. All this stuff can be funded through institutions that can be created by the church. Why? Because the church is the biggest influx of money. One of the biggest problems that we have that nobody wants to talk about because it's taboo, to hell with taboo. One of the things, one of the biggest problems we have is we have in the black community, church after church after church after church, collecting funds and nine times out of 10, 90 plus percent of these churches are on Monday morning taking the money they've collected from the black community and deposited into a white bank that does not lend to blacks. And you're saying, well, that's discrimination. And how can they do that? There are algorithms, there are all different types of ways that I can sit up and disqualify a black person without ever mentioning their race. And so what do you do? You sit up and you, you, you fill out this application. It doesn't say whether you're black on there anywhere, but they know because they've got the algorithms within the system that's going to evaluate that application. And so now you've taken black dollars, put it into a white financial institution that does not lend to black businesses, does not lend to black homeowners for revitalization, renovation, development, or, or real estate investing. And that's, again, how this wealth gap is widening. We're literally funding our own demise because what? We're sitting up pouring into institutions that we say are ours, but those institutions are almost immediately funding the very things that turn against us. And so that's one thing that we can do. We can control that. So we need financial inclusion and access to credit. Next, we need uh, to um, uh, inequality and fundamental closing of the racial gap is the income gap. I'm just going to give you a real brief peek into the income gap. Let's use black men and white men. A white high school graduate on average earns more than a black male with a bachelor's degree. These are uh, uh, Bureau of Labor uh, Bureau of Labor statistics. Uh, you can you you got a problem with that. So what do we need to do? Again, it's hard to control it when you don't own it. But what we need to do is we need to start developing and training our young boys for skills in which they can easily transition out of employment into business ownership, where you control your value, where what you deliver is going to determine what you make. And, and, and some ways to do that are things that we don't promote. We promote the bachelor's degree. And obviously, I don't have a problem with academics. I don't have a problem with going to school. But what I'm going to tell you is you got to have a sense of self and what you're going to do with it before you do it. you got a lot of people chasing the idea of having the degree without any idea of what they're going to do with the degree. And so the degree doesn't have the necessary value that it should. So, but here's one thing you can do. A lot of people aren't made for college. There's nothing wrong with that. Stop making a person feel like they're a failure because they didn't go to college. Uh, plumbing, electrical, engineering, be, uh, being an electrician, um, construction work, auto mechanic, all six-figure incomes. Truck driver, six-figure income. And yet we're hardly ever talking about that. And every last one of those, you can create your own business. 
ownership is so powerful and it allows for you not only to support yourself but also create opportunities for others there's got to be a unity in this there's got to be a force in this and when i created this course and i'm hoping that some people will really sign up for this course this course is like i said an 18 month robust comprehensive course a to z everything that you could possibly imagine from understanding what um uh asymmetric risk reward is understanding the importance of using trust to not only protect your wealth while you're alive but protect it and control how it's managed when it's passed down to protect it from probate in and, and, and most people think wills will protect you from probate yeah if nobody contests it and so what a, what a trust will do is completely bypass it Creating the right trust for the right situation makes will make sure your great grandkids grandkids are okay. It's all about learning all of the things that they know that you're not going to find in any school, that you're not going to find on any basic course, and that they're talking about each and every day. And all you got to do is get them talking. They don't mind talking. It's just you can't get in front of them. You got to find it. So what I did is I went out and found it. But then you got that criminal criminal justice reform. Another big thing that hurts us is. We are targeted um, for the criminal justice systems. And one way we're targeted, it started with black males, is we're targeted uh, by way of alienation in the academic system early on. And so what it, we what it leads to, this alienation, ultimately leads to us dropping out of school. It's called a school-to-prison pipeline. And how does that work? Five years old, you go in. Uh, you're more likely as a black five-year-old male to be referred for special education uh, assessment and assignment as a black male then you are a white male in any other population and then once you assign that you're more likely to be diagnosed with either hd or oppositional defiant disorder both of which are normally going to require medication even though they shouldn't it's going to require medication these medications are what psychotropic drugs these mind-altering drugs are also scheduled to drugs that means they have very little medicinal use and are very very addictive and so what happens over time the kids just the kid just feels out of place doesn't feel like they are belonging doesn't feel like this is what you know what, what, where they're going to be and so what do they do they drop out now they've increased their chance of becoming incarcerated by five times because the, the, the uh, statistics say five you know that any uh once you drop out of school you're five times more likely to become incarcerated all these things are systematically set in place we need to address these issues we need to address the imbalances created by the crime bill that was created back in 1994 that gives disproportionate sentences uh for those who are using powder cocaine versus crack cocaine uh and everything in between these things we need to be aware of how our communities are policed theirs are protected two totally different things all of these things play a role why because if i criminalize you i limit what you're capable of doing and earning money because now not everybody will hire you and the earning of the man may it has a massive import uh, impact on it um and i you know i'll get into that some other time uh wealth and asset building understanding the importance and responsibility to wealth building you have a responsibility first and foremost to yourself to your family to your children to your offspring then to your community and to your race understanding that this is a racial caste system so the idea of individuality doesn't play out long term everybody is thinking well i'm good no you're good only because those who aren't good are in high enough number and will actually react and throw a hissy fit if they do something to you that's one thing we're good at we we're gonna throw a hissy fit we can't do nothing else we're gonna tie up some stuff and we're gonna so and, and we're gonna make a big issue out of it so don't rile them up if you don't have to don't rile them up what happens is when we are no longer connected to those that we think we're better than because we drive this we make that and uh, what happens when we totally separate ourselves from the ones that we actually have a responsibility to help that's what the talented 10th is for that's what the exceptional the extraordinary the the well performing are supposed to do we're supposed to go back and get go back and help and yet it's difficult because they don't understand they ain't trying to hear it their mind is somewhere else and it's frustrating get me i've been doing this for 35 years but let me tell you something 
there's a responsibility to it. If it was easy, this responsibility wouldn't have been given to people who are capable of doing it. But you have to get out of the mindset that as long as I've made it, because what happens is how many times have we seen black people that have made it that we look at and say, man, they on their game, get snatched down when they piss them people off. So have you really made it? No, because you have no insulation. Your, your real people can't relate to your people can't relate to you. They let you ride with them as long as you do as they say. The moment you cross the line, they put you in your place. We need to have our own place so nobody can put us in our place. We're in our place. We need to build. We need to grow. We need to have these things. Nobody wants to talk about that. When I created this program, the Legacy Wealth Program, it's about empowerment. It's about saying, here are some things you can do nobody can stop you from doing. Does it take some sacrifice? Does it take some discipline? Does it take some patience? All of that. But it's possible. The thing is, we want the quick fix. We want them to fix it. We got an idea, many of us, that if they don't fix it, it can't be fixed. And so we sit back and we accept whatever breadcrumbs on the table because we truly actually don't believe that they are going to give us anything. But we got to keep saying it. We got to keep trying. Maybe if I show them this, they'll see their error. Of the, you don't think they know what's going on. You don't think they know how things are happening. They've got 1,300 think tanks. They do research and, and, and studies constantly to understand what's going on and it's all to be able to control and manipulate the masses everybody's being played at some level but nobody's being played at the, at the at the gravity and the weight of the black people and so then whose responsibility is it to sit up and say enough is enough i'm going to do something i'm going to change something and it's not just going to be about me i'm going to bring as many as i can with me and i'm going to help as many as i can to bring as many as they can and that's what this whole thing is about for me is sitting up saying man you know somebody hit me up and i i, I thank god for the people who literally look at my passion and see my pain and see me fight and actually reach out and care that the things that go on behind the scenes are what keep me going somebody sent me a message somebody that has followed me for years uh somebody uh that has brought people to me that were in need of help and seen how hard i went in the paint and they said hey look uh you know my son watches you he keeps up with you and he's concerned about you and i said well why is your son concerned and she said he says you seem sad and my response was simply hey look i i've been through a lot over the past year uh but i'm getting better and it's been rough but i'm in this and the one thing that i learned in life the reason i've i've, I've been successful in business the reason i've been successful as an author as a lecturer as a psychologist is because i understand you don't get to choose when you show up if you're going to succeed. You don't get to choose when you show up. You don't get to check out because things aren't going the way you want them to go. And so I show up every day. Some days I'm I, I'm still having it hard emotionally. Some days I, I, I'm, but I show up because I am doing something bigger than me. I'm doing something so much bigger than me. I'm planting a flag on my legacy so that when I leave this place, that my children's children's great-grandchildren will know who Papa was and what he did and how he impacted it. And, 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 and that he that as, as a part of ancestralism, he has left his legacy for us to live on. So a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And why that does include the bequeathment of physical and monetary wealth, it means also leave them the legacy of your passion, the legacy of your integrity, the legacy of your focus, the legacy of your love, the legacy of your commitment and self-discipline to stay with something even when things aren't going the way you want them. So you've got to be willing to do a bunch of things to make your imprint. We talk about Marcus Garvey. We talk about Malcolm. Mix, Medgar Evers. We talk about uh, Martin Luther King. We talk about Francis Chris Welsing and Dr. Naeem Agbar and, and Amos Wilson. 
uh, Dr. Khaled Muhammad, but we'll ever stop and ask ourselves the sacrifices and commitments that they made when they could have walked away. I've read the memoirs of Dr. King, and while I'm not a fan of the early ongoings where he was trying to get us to fit in, and I think it's, a, but those last two years when he realized it's about economic uh, sovereignty, it's about economic empowerment, it's about us claiming what belongs to us, and he sent a message to the U.S. government that this time, last time was about a dream, this time we're coming to get our check, get us, run us our money, and within a year he was dead. That Dr. King, I read his memoirs. He knew he was going to die and he grappled with whether whether or not it was worth it or not. And he said that he couldn't quit. He couldn't give up. He couldn't turn around. He said that if a man doesn't have something that he uh, if a man doesn't have something for which he is willing to die, he's not fit to live. He died for what he believed in. See, that's a legacy. Dr. Francis Chris Welsing, the reason I'm in psychology now. Went into her 80s carrying a torch. So what are we standing on? What are we doing? Why are we not where we should be? Some of it's them. Let's be honest. The system isn't designed for us. But some of it's us because we won't make moves. We won't commit. We won't get engaged. We won't get involved. The next two are the ones I want to talk to you about. Well, okay, housing and neighborhood equity. Oh, man, we getting mollywopped. Black home ownership hasn't changed one iota in the last 60 years. 1960, 41%. Right now, 41, 40, 41.5%. Not an accident. Okay, so then what do we need to do? We need to, again, like I said, we need to take the money within the community and fund what needs to happen in the community so we don't have to look outside of it for funding because when we do, we don't get it. And then we're wondering why we're meandering in the same spot 50, 60 years later. It's because that's where we're meant to be according to their plan. You can't operate by the enemy's plan and get where you're going. You can't sit up and say, and, 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 you can't sit up and say, that, that, that I, don't, I, don't, I don't have what it takes to get there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to step back and just chill. No, you don't get to chill until you get to a place. And then you only chill for a while. This life is about grinding out and growing and building and creating something for the next generation. We are so far behind.
Hello, everybody. Uh, sorry about that. Lightning struck. Uh, I was hoping I could get back up in time to actually get here and finish this. But I mean, literally lightning struck. Everything went out and I had to reboot. Lil Johnson. Hey, man, I definitely appreciate you, brother. Um, uh, I definitely appreciate you stopping in. And uh, here's the thing. I, I want to get back to where I was. Uh, the thing is, I do what I do because I believe in it. I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers. But what I am willing to do is work with anybody else who has answers, anybody else who wants to collaborate, anyone, anybody else who wants to build. My ego was dropped a long, long, long time ago. My ego isn't involved. It's not about what's, you know, I've built a lot of things. Black men lead. Um, you know, I helped Marion build uh, ghettos forgotten, restoring ghettos forgotten daughters. And uh, I'm excited about the work she's doing with that. And we're carrying on uh, working on that with girls and everything. Uh, I, I, I built uh, so much more the research arm of this thing that I've been doing for 30 years. Uh, the think tank, so many more things, uh, programs that have come out of the research. And I do it for passion. And I have no problem if someone was to come along and say, man, I'm willing to partner with you. I'm willing to build this with you, but I want my name on it. Put your name on it. That you can't, you know, nobody can kill who I am and what I've done. Who did what, what said what is why we can't get anywhere because everybody, but here's the problem. Black men have been robbed for power for so long that any semblance of it, we fight for dear life for it. We will kill each other for it. That's why you have kids fighting over blocks in the community they don't own. That's why you got some of the top minds in the black community beefing with each one on one another because they've been convinced that it's only one spot. And every, I don't want a spot. I want my people to win. I want to be a real true instrument of power for my people. So that's where my mind is. That's where my head is. So back to this thing, and then I'm going to go ahead and close out. Back to this thing. Look, uh, after we do housing, I could do literally a video on housing. I think I'll do that tomorrow, not later on tonight, just on the housing alone. But it's in the book um, uh, on, on that. And the book actually, with what I'm doing tonight, the book actually comes with the course. I'm going to tell you about the course in a minute. But Employment and entrepreneurship. We've got to control our income. We've got to control our income. One of the great ways to actually not only create net worth, but to hide net worth is in your business. A significant part of my network is in my business, not in cash stores. It's in some in stock, some other things like that, but it's not in cash. Why? Because cash is volatile. The American dollar is depreciating at an unbelievable rate quickest way to lose value is to have a bunch of cash laying around because it won't be what it what is what is worth today won't be that tomorrow so then what do you do you put it in things that hold value that translates in value that's why i've spent so much of my time over the last 10 years creating markets in europe in africa and in australia why because if something happens in this country i can still survive i can still support my family my company still has value there's so much way there's so many ways to play this game that most people don't understand and i want to share that in this but so then the next thing after that is what I want to education and skills development, actually in doing my research and trying to determine the best way to close the wealth gap. Number one is education and skills development. Edu and it's not just talking about academic. It's talking about educating yourself around money and building wealth because we're talking about closing the wealth gap. Well, you have to be prepared. One of the things we don't want, and I said this yesterday, I'm going to say it again. We don't want to be taught. We want to be entertained. And that's something that we've carried a long time. We are great entertainers and we love to be entertained. Nothing wrong with that. What I did is this course is an 18 month course. And when I tell you it's eight sections, each section is anywhere from 45 to 90 days to complete. The each section is full of uh, videos and teaching, direct teaching, everything from the stock market to the real estate market to using insurance as a wealth building instrument to using art collections as a wealth. All of these different ways that they hide their money and grow it and increase it. Tell you a little story. Maybe you know it. Maybe you've heard me say it already because I've been talking about this forever. I'm sitting up. 
and I'm watching an old movie I watched before when I was young, never thought about it, never gave it a second chance. But now I'm in this zone of everything is about paying attention to what you're hearing because they hide stuff in plain sight. So I'm, I'm so, you know, so now I watch everything. I listen to everything that's said from mindsets to practices to principles. I'm paying attention to how things flow in every form of media. Why? Because they hide it in what? Plain sight. So I'm watching Trading Places. Trading Places is a movie in the early 80s with Eddie Murphy and a couple of other guys. And it's about these two billionaire brothers who have this difference in philosophy about performance in life. One believes that environment controls your outcome, meaning whatever you're born into will have an impact on how you out on your outcome. Other one believes you're either born with it or you're not. So they decide to do an experiment. So they kidnap this homeless person, Eddie Murphy, and they say, okay, now you're rich. This is all yours. Well, he wakes up and he looks around and all this stuff. So he starts stuffing all this expensive stuff in his clothes. And they tell him, you know, you don't have to steal anything. It's all yours. Say, this is mine. So he picks up this vase and he sits up and says, so this is mine. So if I just throw it on the floor and break it, and, that, and he throws it on the floor. And one of the brothers go, oh, my God, we paid $50,000 for that vase. And the brother said, that's okay. We insured it for 70. Said, Wait a minute. And just one little thing. Why do you think rich people buy so much art? They're not hanging that crap on the wall. Most of that stuff is in storage. They're insuring it and hiding their wealth. Things we don't understand. When they get a car collection, it's because it's appreciating in value. And what? They're underwriting it with what? Insurance. Here's the thing that you need to understand. Here's the thing you need to understand that about, about this whole idea about wealth is number one, that in order to have an asset, you need two primary things. Number one, it needs to uh, appreciate in value or at the very minimum hold its value. Number two, it has to be insurable. Well, number three, it can be used as collateral to get a loan. That's an asset. All this other stuff that they've been telling you and teaching you is putting your head in something and making you spend. The whole thing in this economy, we're in a debt-based economy, and the whole idea is to drive consumerism, to drive debt. That's why so many people, not just Blacks, everybody is living, what, two or three months from losing their job to being homeless. Why? Because everybody's living at their means. Why? Because that's the way this system is driven. That's why research is done to find out what drives you, what in influences you, what makes you want to go out and buy the next best thing. That's why there's a long line around the corner when Apple drops a new iPhone. That's why you can't even get in and get Jordans. You got to sit up and be on a waiting list for Jordans. Blacks spend $2.5 billion annually on Jordans. And yet we have a median household income. I mean, a median household wealth of $14,000. They got 177,000. Blacks spend between October and December 24th, 540 something billion dollars. 40 something billion on Halloween, another 50 billion on um, Thanksgiving and a whopping 400 something billion on Christmas. But we're in last place. Consumerism. You're going debt to have it. Everybody talks about the $1.4 trillion. Hope this thing doesn't go out again. $1.4 trillion in Black spending power. And they make it seem like it's Black wealth. No, it's spending power. There's a difference. There's a play on word that makes you feel like, man, we really ride one point trillion. Well, first of all, we have to look at the one point trillion in context. The one point trillion has to be looked at in the view of we live in a 104 trillion, 110 trillion, somewhere up in that annual economy. So you see how little you really have, but they, they gassing you. Here's the bigger thing. Out of that 1.4 trillion, 70% of it is credit, debt. This government is literally in debt and it's literally keeping the dollar afloat by way of debt and they're selling your debt to investors. 
These are things that we should know. These are things that we should learn so that we know how to operate and move in the system. So then this whole idea of education is how do we do it? Number one is I've always told you when I wrote my first book on education, that's to book number 16 and then book number 24, Academic Apartheid. Book number 16 is the miseducation of black youth in America. In both instances, I give you a definition of what I call education. Education isn't the, isn't, isn't simply the acquisition of academic skills. It is the holistic preparation and empowerment of Black youth to become adults in a society and in a culture that is inherently hostile towards them. Go out and compete and win. That is the definition of true education. Boy, hopefully this doesn't get knocked out again. But anyway, so that's education. So then what we must we do? We must educate ourselves first and foremost on who we are. One of the biggest problems is we've been convinced we're not who we are so that we are easily manipulated, easily controlled, easily held back. Next thing we need to do is we need to educate ourselves on the mechanisms and machinations at play that work against us so that we know how to operate within them. We lose because we don't know how things work. So when I did the research over 10 years to build this course, this 18 month course, I did it with the hopes of people getting it. And literally, this course is literally designed that if you can master 20% of it, your life will never be the same, literally. Never be the same. And what I did is the course is normally $2,595, $2,595. I lowered that for the next 24 hours. Um, yes, I do need a bigger audience of intellectuals. We need think tanks. We need to brainstorm. We need to come up with plans and agendas. No other group is advancing. Have in, let, I, I know I'm supposed to be talking about this, but anybody ever wondered why a group as small as the LGBTQ community has bum rushed us, overran us, actually used stuff we fought for, actually fought for, and used that to, to their advantage while we actually lost ground in the court system, uh, in the Supreme Court, by them using what we fought for in the 60s. Anybody wonder how? They have a plan. They've been working a plan since 1972. A plan hatched out in offices, in the corner offices of places in San Francisco, and it poured out. When did, and, and this is an attack on the gay community. People know how I feel about it. Uh, people also know that I have people in my family that I absolutely love who are part of that community. Uh, I love my people regardless of what's going on with them. But let's talk about, do you realize that before 1972, homosexuality was actually uh, considered um, a mental disorder? It was in the DSM. The DSM, it literally listed homosexuality as a mental disorder. That was taken out. And even though it was taken out under protest, the psychiatrists and psychologists who were responsible for determining what would go in and what wouldn't said that while we're removing it, we're not conceding that this is a genetic predisposition. That's the only thing they would say. Simultaneously, there was other things going on. But what happened is over time, they had a, a media plan. They had a social plan. They had a plan for academic and education. And now they got us where they are sending in transgendered women a men or whatever you want to call them. I get confused on which one is which, but it's they're sending in transgender people to sit up and do lap dances and dance. I mean, really cut up in class while they read to elementary school kids. And, and if you try to object to it, there's consequences to it. And yeah. Have you ever asked how that happened? Have you ever asked how Democrats who are supposed to be for us have all this liberate liberal liberal ideas about what things should be and it violates the vast majority of our standards which are christian i don't operate i operate god i operate spirit i operate let god lead me because religion is just so out there now but but still christianity says xyz and most of the stuff that they're doing isn't xyz and yet black people are right behind it the, the game is game is played played masterfully and we haven't mastered anything so this is what i created so it's normally 2595 i've lowered it to 997 
for the next 24 hours. But what I also did is I wanted to make sure I equipped you with everything. This is an 18 month course. You're not just going to jump in here and knock it out. This is life changing. This is like going to college, but more because they're not teaching this in college. Trust me. That's why I had to go get it from the people who are doing it. And to the person, they sit up and said, hey, anybody can do this. For some people, it's going to take longer because you're coming from further away. Some people is going to take longer because you got to change how you think. Some people is going to take longer because they're not as disciplined, but anybody can do it. And I studied and there are case studies within the course that show you people who never made more than $12 an hour and retire with a net worth of a million dollars. It's possible. It's possible. Literally, people who I know a person who never made more than $14,000, Theodore Johnson, look him up. Theodore Johnson never made more than $14,000 in his lifetime. Now, while that was a while ago, when $14,000 was definitely more than it is now, he never made more than $14,000. When, when he retired, he was worth $72 million. When he died, he was worth more than that. He was over 90. When he turned 90, he gave half of it away. John Crowley, black man, parking lot attendant, never made more than $12 an hour, happened to be working in the financial district. People who are parking in this parking lot do money. He asked. They told. He did. When he retired, he had a net worth of over half a million dollars. Assets had paid off his house, had sent his kids to college and had income coming in from his investments that will cover his lifestyle for the remainder of his life. Him and his wife's lifestyle for the remainder of his life. This is what's possible when you take on the right mindset. The problem is we're not doing it. So anyway. You're going to get also the seven day online business. This is the very course that I've used. Um, um, this is the very course that I, uh, not the course, the blueprint I've used for the last 13 plus years to be able to create entity after entity after entity after entity online to create my business my enterprise the way that i generate money the way that i work and operate online in multiple different places and spaces and now i'm sharing it with the masses it's normally a 599 course i'm adding it to this particular course for the next 24 hours also the mind unleashed course those who know me my gate is performance psychology life strategy and also dealing with uh trauma but Performance Psychology Life Strategy is where I do a lot of my work. And that Mind Unleashed is so powerful because when you get rid of limiting beliefs, what's possible changes in your life. When what's possible changes in your life, what you do changes. And when you change what you do, you change what you get. So that one is $5.99. I'm throwing that one in. I'm also doing a personalized six-month success and growth plan. I created and designed a system that will allow us, my team, to sit up and take your response to 20 questions, your personality assessment, your uh, DISC assessment, and determine where you are right now, where you want to be in six months, and draw you up a personalized plan. When I say personalized, I mean that nobody else is going to have your plan because nobody else is going to answer those questions the same. Nobody's going to have your exact personality. Nobody's going to have your exact strengths and weaknesses from your DISC assessment. And so you're going to have a plan that nobody else's plan looks like because it's designed to help you win. That is currently going for 99. That's my giveaway because it costs more than 99 to do. But I'm giving away a 99. But right now it's free with this. And finally, you would get a copy of book number 25, which is The War on Black Wealth. Um, and I love this book, The War on Black Wealth, Breaking the Code of Generational Wealth. It starts out with all the different ways they, they started with us. Black codes, convict leasing, redlining, benign neglect, urban renewal, uh, massive, all these different ways that they've that systematically blocked us. And then I show you. In, 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 in small detail in comparison to the course, but I show you what we can do. That's the thing. Stop looking at what you can't do. You, you're never going to get anywhere in life focusing on what you don't have control over. How you make move and how you gain ground in this world is based off of what? How I'm able to take what I can do, master it, and make it work for me so that the things I don't do don't have as much of an impact on me. And so when I created this course, I created it with that in mind. This is 10 years of literally sitting down and hunting down people and asking for 30 minutes of their time. And it wasn't easy. But over time, as I'm growing, 
my status and awareness. And, you know, when you get to a point where someone can Google you and you you take up about three pages, they say, okay, something's got to be going on with the guy. So they look you up, they verify you, and then they sit up and say, okay, I'll talk to him. Or tell him to email me. Because some of it, I never got to talk to the person, but I got to exchange emails. Maybe I was emailing that person, maybe I wasn't. But what I did is I found the common denominators between them all. And then I researched the stuff that seemed a little bit unique and it's working. And so my thing is I brought it to the table. It's the thing that they are using that they will not sit up and put in schools. And it is it is massively, massively uh, imperative that we start to take responsibility for ourselves. I think the course is worth way more than what I'm charging for it regularly, which is uh, $2,595. I think it's worth way more than that. Uh, if you took it as a college course, it would easily be $1,415. This would be a three-semester course, and it's literally life-changing, and you literally can start from anywhere. Do you realize you can buy into uh, the S&P with $10? And that you can gradually grow and build and that it's going to build on itself because it's compounding. The thing is, compound growth is the thing that Warren Buffett set up and said that he and the thing about Warren Buffett is while he has always been a mind, 99 percent of what he has now, he built after 50. He's been a mind. He's always been. If When I've researched him before I ever reached out and tried to get in contact, he, he's been that person since 27. I can track him from 27. And he's starting businesses and doing this stuff like this. But that billion dollar status didn't hit that to 50. And once he hit it, he didn't look back. And he sits up and says that bottom line, he says it's good genes and a good, strong compound growth mechanism, preferably the S&P. These are his words that g- genetics. He's saying I lived long enough to build it because if I didn't live long enough, I would have never got it because I got it late. And then he's sitting up saying this thing you put into it. I'm telling you, everybody needs to get off of here. Go to the Internet, type in compound calculator and then pi- type in how much you feel you you would give in a month. And then type in 8.2 because it's 10 percent on average, but the 8.2 is the lowest I've ever seen it. Uh, so type it in and then sit up and say, OK, what's you know what in 10 years, how much would it be? You're going to have your mind blown. I'm going to do this every month for 10 years and watch what that compound does at 8 percent to 10 percent. Play with all of it and you can play with it any way you want to. But that's just one mechanism. That's the S&P Vanguard. Uh, uh, basically, it's, a, it's, it's called an index. It's a passively managed in, uh, mutual fund. There's so much out there that we don't know. I didn't know. You know, I heard about it. And, you know, you do this and you do that. You do a little of this because everybody else is doing it. But you don't really know why you're doing it. You need to learn how to read financials. Not only so that you can effectively invest on the stock market. You need to learn how to read financials. And you need to learn how to read marketing analysis so that you know when it's a good idea to invest in a company. All of these different things are things that we should know. Because in every last one of them are the potential for assets. Now, remember what I told you. What, what is an asset? Something that appreciates in value. Something that's insurable and something that can be used as collateral. These are the things that we need to be creating. These are the things we need to be looking for. We need to be asking ourselves, how much of my spending should go on non-appreciative liabilities versus assets? I'm a firm believer that at least 20% of your uh, not discretionary income, 20% of your gross income should be in appreciative things. And then people are going to say, well, I can't afford it. You can't afford not to. I guarantee you, if the government said we're going to raise your taxes by 20%, you're going to pay it. Well, most of you work for jobs, so you're going to have to pay it because they're going to take it. And you're going to whine and complain, but eventually you're going to adopt to adapt to it and go on. Why not tax yourself? to ensure that there's a future for you where it won't even matter what you, you, you'll understand that. I mean, it's so much to be learned and it's up to us to do it. So again, I'm challenging you. Look, it's uh, just for the next 24 hours. It's going to be 997 instead of 2,595. 
you're going to get the seven day online business launch course. That's a six hundred dollar course. The mind unleashed course, a six hundred dollar course. The personalized success and growth plan, one hundred dollars and the book. All of this with it and all that stuff is free. I'm throwing it in because I want you to have a total thing. Oh, I forgot one more thing. I'm giving you a uh, access to my webinar on the 30th of this month where I'm going to be teaching you how to leverage AI and that's both generative AI and open AI to leverage your ideas, to monetize your ideas, to uh, expand and grow your business, to launch and create a new business. In other words, this tool is big and it's important that you learn and master this thing. Here's why. Uh, Goldman Sachs has predicted that AI over the next two years will either replace or eliminate 300 million jobs worldwide. Now, it's going to create roughly 96 million automatic automatically, but I'm looking at it and anybody with an idea, anybody with a gift, anybody with something that is unique can make this thing work for them. And I'm going to show you how to do that. But it's going to take in. And so that core that that particular webinar is one hundred and ninety seven dollars. I'm giving you that, too. So all of that comes with this nine ninety seven. The 18 month course by itself is blowing that 997 out of the water. And again, the beauty of it is you're going to have access to this. You're going to have back-end support on it. And I'm still researching and adding to the class. I want everything possible to be available to the people who want to change their lives. But we're not going to overcome a wealth gap by complaining about it. We're not going to overcome a wealth gap by sitting up top. And let me tell you something else that's happening that you may not understand. If we don't have the uh, economic and financial capacity to educate our children, we're going to have a problem because public education is going away. Pay attention. Look around and see how many schools are closing. We move, we, we've moved from primary public education to a great deal of charter schools invading public education. These charter schools are now feeding private schools. The public education schools are feeding the charter school. They're literally handpicking the top performers, leaving the poor performers behind, closing the schools because of poor performance, and then funding the charters. And eventually, the charters are going to feed the private schools. And ultimately, your children will have to attend a private school or be schooled by you. We need to be able to fund that. We need to be able to take care of that. We need to be able to say, okay, no problem. I got it. If I want to send my kid to a private school, cool. But we're going to have to be able to understand what's happening because it's happening in real time. Schools with great historical impact are being closed. You got to understand this is capitalism. This is about money. It's always about money. When they stop benefiting from it financially and they see another fast track to it, they will shift on you and they will leave you in the dust. And if you don't have an understanding of what's going on, if you can't peep the game before it comes, it runs you over, leaves you shaking your head and wondering what happens. That's why we keep losing. We don't understand how things work. I'm giving you the game. Um, and it's up to each and every person what they want to do with it. What I can tell you is. I wish I would have known what I know after the last 10 years of research. I wish I would have known it 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Man, you know, it's so much I blew. Just balling, just 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 trying to show the world I made it because that's what we get. You know, look what I'm doing. And. You know, it is what it is, but thank God I'm still breathing. Thank God I'm still alive. You know my saying, if you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. And so what does that mean? That means that you still have an opportunity to get out there and do something that can change not only your life, but the entire trajectory of your family. Because my family's getting this course. When I say my family, I mean everybody in my family is getting this course. And we're going to have weekly meetings to talk about what's in here. We are going to do something. Some people just some people ain't going to get it because some people just simply, you know, that can't work. And then by the time they realize it can work, they're so far behind, they don't even want to jump in. We have so much work to do.
Thank you, Unknown. Uh, I definitely will check that out. I'm all for it. Um, Black Beauty, if you're still here, thank you, sweetie, for dropping that. Look, there's work to be done. We are so far behind. Um, and the thing is, without economic power, all this creativity that we have, all this spiritual power and energy that we have, all this resilience that we possess is just wasting away because without this economic power, we lack the resources to carry out the things we need to carry out in order to be where we want to be and do what we want to do and hold them accountable. Without it, we can't hold them accountable. It's on us. So on that note, look, I'm going to get out of here. I want to thank you guys for lending your time to me. Um, I know your time is valuable. That's why when I come, I try to deliver uh, things of significance and substance and things that can be taken and used and provide value because I know your time is valuable. But once again, I want to thank you. Uh, take care. Uh, love on your family. Time is short. Uh, once again, I know I said it the other day, but uh, much love and support uh, to the family of Jackie O and uh, DJ DC Young Fly and their entire family and what they're going through, and especially those children. Uh, you know, you, you like to see young love and, you know, them doing their thing and family values and all that. I'm not saying they're perfect. I don't know their whole story. So please don't jump on time about what they did. I, I, I see a man that looks like he loved a woman. I see a woman that looked like she loved a man and they love those kids. And for what I understand, you know, her family is really serious about family. So hopefully he's going to get the support he needs, but that's, that was just sitting on my mind. And I, uh, I value family. So that's important. So anyway, again, I hope that some of you would see uh, the value in this and take advantage of it, but I'm definitely going to be pushing it. This particular offer only lasts for 24 hours. So I'm going to say until tomorrow, sometime around eight, you know, giving people time enough for it to actually get a chance to watch it. Uh, but once again, thank you. I'm out of here. <laughs>